History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Happy Sunday morning, America. This is John Solomon, and this is the latest edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show for you. Today, we're going to take you to two great places. First, the great state of Arkansas, where former Governor Mike Huckabee is going to join us. Congressman Ben Klein from the state of Virginia. He is the new chairman of the Republican Study Committee's Budget in Spending Task Force. He is going to be the ideas guy when it comes to shrinking government. We're going to get started right after these commercial messages. Folks, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Our next guest, he doesn't need an introduction. He has done so much over the course of his career, including leading the great state of Arkansas as its governor and running for president for the United States. And today, I believe, is one of the most important thought leaders in the conservative movement. He is former Governor Mike Huckabee. He joins us right now. Governor, good to have you on the show. John, with a send-up like that, my goodness, I would like to come on just to hear those nice things about me that I certainly don't on social media, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. What's up with those folks? Hey, they got to they got to research your bio a little bit better. They don't know the real Governor Huckabee. They're all true, which is the great benefit of that introduction. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on, sir. Well, it's my pleasure. There's certainly a lot to talk about. The, you know, I, while we're trading compliments, um, I hope people follow you regularly. I know that in my newsletter, we quoted you extensively and your reporting on uh, this whole document story has just been stellar. And if it wasn't for the fact that you're a conservative and you tell the truth, uh, that'd be Pulitzer Prize stuff. I mean, you're breaking not just news, you're breaking ground with this. And I hope people subscribe to, uh, to your channel, Just the News, and get your podcast because uh, quite frankly, when there's something breaking, I find out what John Solomon's saying about it because usually I'm led the right way. Thank you, sir. That means a, a whole lot to me. It really does. This episode has, I think, allowed us to have two windows into a debate that I think America still needs to have. And the first one is the dual system of justice that we see, whether it's Donald Trump being raided, Joe Biden not being raided, to even something as simple as James Comer got a letter back from the National Archives, the same National Archives that for the whole time after the Mar-a-Lago raid was blabbing about everything that they knew about Donald Trump. They can't give Congress, which has legitimate oversight authority, a single piece of information unless the Justice Department warrants it on Joe Biden. Dual system of justice, it keeps playing out and becoming larger and more exacerbating every day. How do we fix it? Well, it won't be fixed until the mainstream press gets a belly full of it. We're beginning to see a little bit of the frustration in the White House press briefing room because they keep asking questions and they get stonewalled. They're told, go call the DOJ. They call the DOJ and the DOJ says, talk to the White House. And the White House says, well, we can't discuss it. And the DOJ says, oh, yes, they can. They can discuss anything they want to. They're not bound by any particular rules. And the People in that press room, I think, are finally being realized, are finally realizing they're being played. They're being played for chumps. And if they keep sitting there and taking it that way, well, then they deserve it. But I'm hoping that somewhere in that room, other than a couple of Fox journalists, there will be some people from the mainstream media that will say, that's enough. These people are not being truthful. They're hiding criminal activity. And it's time for us to, uh, to expose it for what it is. 
Yeah, it is. And it does seem like they feel like they're on a merry ground and they're getting a little more frustrated, which may be good for the media. I think there's also a moment of inflection now as we see how often the media was fed a bill of goods that we now know to be false. The Twitter files, have, I know, shocked a lot of my colleagues that I used to work at the Washington Post with or the Associated Press. There seems to be a slight awakening that maybe the people they put their trust in have been constantly misleading them. I hope this gives them a moment of inflection so that they get back to truth-seeking and not political outcome building, which it seems like they've been doing. The second part of this story, because it's going to reopen that window into the Biden family foreign influence peddling scandal. The University of Pennsylvania, big recipient of China money. Most of that China money comes in while Joe Biden is affiliated, making a $911,000 payment from the university. It seems as though this is a new way for a Congress and others to look back and say, every time Joe Biden collected money later down the road, he does something that seems to be very favorable to the moneyed interest that enriched him or his son. The latest pattern, UPenn, of course, gets all that money, gets Joe Biden. And then when they want the FBI's counter espionage program on China closed down, by golly, within two weeks of the request, Merrick Garland delivers for the University of Pennsylvania. That pattern, which we saw in Ukraine with the firing of the prosecutor, seems to keep recurring. It seems like Congress is beginning to zero in on that. How important is that? It's critically important. And I think James Comer has uh, been right exactly at the right place. Uh, He is showing a level of tenacity that we have desperately needed. Um, I'm so glad that the House Republicans are doing the things they're doing. They're actually keeping their promises. And between what Jim Jordan is going to do, and the Judiciary Committee, what uh, Omer is doing, uh, there's going to be some things that are so blatant that they cannot be ignored. And I really do believe we're looking at political scandals involving the Biden crime family that make every controversy that we've seen, whether it was in the Clinton administration or whether it was Iran-Contra during Reagan, uh, Watergate, doesn't matter will pale in comparison to what we find because we've never seen a U.S. president who had these kind of ties to our enemies, communist China, uh, to Russia, all the while pointing their finger at their opposition and blaming them for the things they knew they were doing. And I think that's one of the things that makes this so very, very dastardly is they have made a wonderful, uh, almost an art form, of accusing people of the things that they themselves know that they're engaged in. Yeah, it's a case of projection. That's right. They they were accusing the Trump administration of the very things that they themselves were ultimately involved in. It's so remarkable to see that boomerang now. McCarthy has had a pretty remarkable two-week start to his speakership. A lot of important votes that were promised to the American people, but also a lot of tough votes for Democrats. Democrats crossing over on some of the China Select Committee and other China votes. It seems like they're off to a good start. What's your over-under on the early Republican leadership of the new House? I think Kevin McCarthy has exceeded the expectations that many people had for him. I'm not as surprised. I, I think I've known Kevin a long time. Uh, he's always been somewhat hampered by either being in a minority position or being second in command. Uh, So we've never had the opportunity to see Kevin doing what Kevin is doing right now, and that's take the leadership role and run with it. Uh, I do feel it was unfortunate that some of those House members held off for so much. Uh, I know that a lot of people thought that they were being incredibly patriotic. They got some concessions, and that's fine. But here was the telling thing about all of that, John. 
they said it was all about principles. But when it got down to it, what they said was, we want to make sure we get good committee assignments and that we don't get punished for being 10% that tried to dictate to the 90%. I'm speaking as a person who had to govern. And I remember when a handful of people thought that they could basically hold hostage the entire process. Here's my problem with what some of these folks did. Now, some of them came through. Chip Roy is a good example of a guy that when he got what he thought was important, and he didn't demand anything for himself. But there were a lot of those folks, good people. My PAC supported every single one of them. So I'm not speaking about people I don't like. I'm speaking about people I liked enough to give money to. But the fact is, when they started talking about what they wanted for themselves, I said, that's not a principled issue. That's a personal one. Because if it's principle, here's what you say. I'll take my stand, and if it costs me everything, including a chairmanship or a membership, if it costs me relationships, I'll stand because it's principled. When you're principled, you don't care what the consequences are to yourself. When it is about yourself, you make that the criteria for getting what you want. Yeah, it's such an important distinction. And I think the principal part of that fight is now becoming more and more apparent to everyday voters and Americans. They're seeing really this wasn't about personal gain. It was about getting a set of rules that could change the way that a corrupt Washington was operating. And hopefully the next few months will bear that out. I want to go to some issue that I thought of all the 2016 presidential candidates. You played the most important role in highlighting federalism and states' rights. You showed it as a governor. I mean, the way you rewrote the rules and the healthcare system and the education system in Arkansas were historic, and they showed the importance of federalism and state rights. And when you got on the national stage running for president, you made federalism an education point of your campaign. It seems like today we have these extraordinary governors in so many places that are have been very effective in shrinking the Biden agenda by going to court or exercising their their roles, whether it's on mandates or the student loan forgiveness, which clearly has no legal basis for it. Are we in an extraordinary moment of a revival of federalism, one that maybe our founding fathers would be pretty proud of? Boy, I sure hope so. I, I think more people have done something that a lot of politicians in the past failed to do. They read the Constitution. They clearly understood that the federal government has been taking on responsibility that it simply did not have, but nobody challenged them. So two things have happened. One, governors and attorneys general around the country have read the Constitution. They know where the limits of the federal government should be, and they're pushing back through the courts, but they're also pushing back through the public marketplace. And they're making it very clear to members of Congress and to the American public that the federal government shouldn't be engaged in some of these activities. What people fail to fully understand about the Dobbs decision regarding abortion last June in the Supreme Court was that it didn't decide whether abortion was a good or a bad thing. Uh, it's said that whatever you decide about it, you're going to have to decide at the state level where this should have been all along. So when people tore their garments and acted like, oh, no, it's the end of abortion or, uh, oh, no, it's, uh, you know, the, the end of the world. Well, it's none of that. In some states, there are actually far more abortions than there used to be because those states are abortion friendly. But it was all about the simple understanding that the federal government didn't have that role. And the Tenth Amendment is explicitly clear. It says that if it's not enumerated as a power in the Constitution, then it is assumed to be under the domain of the states. And that's how we ought to be approaching it. Washington should be a much smaller city. There should be far fewer employees in the federal government, 
and there ought to be far fewer decisions being made in Washington that affect the general public. That's true federalism, and it's what we've been missing for a long time. Yeah, it really, it has been missing from the equation for at least a couple of decades, and it seems to have been so revived. One of the interesting dynamics, Washington continues to spend more and more money. Now we're proud when we only have a trillion, $1.4 trillion deficit, which is kind of crazy to see a Democrat brag that that's all it was last year. It was only $1.4 trillion the budget deficit, but you're seeing states not only continue to maintain their budgets and balance them, contrary to Washington, they're also beginning to cut and eliminate state income taxes. I think there's more than a dozen states that have made moves toward no or lower income taxes. And I know your daughter now, the brand new governor of Arkansas, following in your footsteps, she's on the path to do the same. States are showing you can live on less tax money and still be a good government. Do you think Washington picks up on it? Uh, I wish they did, but I don't think they do. One of the reasons that I'm on the steering committee for the Balanced Budget Amendment Committee, it's a national group, many of us on that committee are former or current governors, uh, but go- states have to balance their budgets by law. And I think many of us are convinced the federal government will never do it, will never even attempt to do it until they have to. And that's what we really feel like has to happen, a constitutional transformation that says that the budget must be balanced at the federal level, just like it is at the states. I'm glad to see states recognizing that there, there's got to be a balance. You have to raise money through some kind of tax to pay for everything from uh, just your basic emergency services to education and funding prisons and taking care of Medicaid. Uh, we often said as governors, there are three basic things you do in the state budget, educate, medicate, and incarcerate. Those are the three things that take up usually 90% of a state budget. So you have to fund that. But you ought to fund it with some sense of saying, we're going to be careful about not raising more money than we absolutely have to have. Because when you get more money than you have to have, you end up saying, you know, it would be a wonderful thing to do X, Y, Z. And so you do it, not because you have a mandate constitutionally to do it. You do it because it's just good politics. And when you cut taxes, what you do is you force yourself to live within a more restrained budget. And ultimately, people keep more of their own money. They do with it what they want. Yeah, that's so empowering, too, once they realize, hey, I can have some of my money back that I've just gotten used to paying to the government. It is liberating. And I think people really saw that. A remarkable outcome of the Trump tax cuts. And by the way, you were one of the most important voices in helping Americans understand why those tax cuts were so important. Your campaigning for the tax cut package was so important. The government collects more revenue today on a lower tax base than it did when it had higher taxes because you get that sort of economic growth. It seems like more people need to educate the public on the impact of the Trump tax cuts because they actually created more tax revenue with a less tax rate. That is something that has been proven by the CBO and others. Is that become a selling point for maybe future tax cuts by Republicans in Congress? I think it has. Uh, What the Trump tax cuts did, and he took such a beating for it. But the truth is, it supercharged the American economy. People ended up with $4,000 of of personal uh, benefits that they didn't have as a family. Think about that. Every American family, $4,000 better off. I mean, that's a lot of money for uh, most American families. And that's what the Trump tax cuts were able to do and provide. So, you know, when people say, oh, those tax cuts, it only helps the wealthy. That's simply not true. And and quite frankly, John, the wealthy are going to be okay. They're going to be okay because they have a mountain 
uh, attorneys and tax lawyers and CPAs who are going to protect them. But the guy who's working the gig economy, driving an Uber, waiting tables, the person who works at a factory, uh, that person doesn't have a building filled with attorneys and CPAs. And that person simply needs a tax cut because that person, uh, that tax cut, it's real money in his pocket to do real things that he cannot do unless the government gets off his back and gets his hands out of that guy's pocket. Yeah, so important. Last question, because I know you had a little bit of fun with this in the last few hours. The New York mayor seemed to realize that, hey, this open border isn't a good thing for his city. That might have been propelled a little bit by Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott sending some of the illegal migrants his way. But he called for a border czar, apparently unaware that we already have one in Vice President Kamala Harris, though she's never been to the border or done anything. But I think an extraordinary moment where the border policy of Joe Biden has boomeranged on Democrats in multiple ways. You had a fun reaction to that. I think Democrats are starting to get a little worried about this open border, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I tweeted that Mayor Adams was calling for the appointment of a border czar. He apparently didn't realize, oh, we've got one. But, you know, as I said in my tweet, I don't hold that against him because I don't think our border czar is aware that she is the border czar. I mean, Kamala Harris, Kamala, whatever Joe calls her this week, she has no idea she's the border czar because she's done nothing about it. Yeah, uh, it's an extraordinary abdication of duty. The Homeland Security Secretary doesn't seem to be in charge of Homeland. It's a pretty remarkable moment, but it seems like Congress is about to dig in. James Comer is going to have a big hearing on the border, and I think that starts the form of oversight that maybe leads to some changes or enforcement of the law finally. Governor, it is such an honor to have you on the show. We always enjoy your insights, and thank you for the time today. John, it is a pleasure every time I get to speak with you. Thanks for what you do and keep up the good work. I will, sir, and God bless you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount 
of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order Plus, free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. I'm so excited to have this next guest on. Last week, we had a really good conversation about the state of fiscal conservatism in the Republican Party, all the spending the last 20 years, the deficit growing. Our next guest has been one of the most cogent voices in the pursuit of getting spending down and getting taxes down. And now he's going to have a very important role on the Republican Study Committee, ensuring that that happens. Joining us right now from the great state of Virginia, my home state, Congressman Ben Klein. Congressman, great to have you on the show. John, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. There is a fun thing because the business of Congress really begins today. And one of the first votes, you're going to vote to defend the 87,000 IRS agents. That's a, a sign of a lot of more cutting of government ahead, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, we listened to the people during this fall's campaigns and, and people were furious that we were directing resources uh, towards the IRS to, and, and broadening their powers to be able to snoop into our our transactions instead of directing funding where it needs to go, like the border. So, you know, I, my preference would have been just to erase 87,000 IRS agents and type in 87,000 CPB Border Patrol agents. But they said, no, we've got a one step at a time. Uh, so uh, we're going to hopefully pass that bill today, send it over to the Senate and uh, begin to put some pressure on the Biden administration and the and and the Senate Democrats and hold them accountable. Yeah, and a really great example of the contrast between the two parties. Now, you're the new chairman of the Republican Study Committee's Budget and Spending Task Force. You guys put together, I think, one of the most important documents on the federal budget that's been put together in a decade or two, the Blueprint to Save America. Talk a little bit about some of the things people are going to see in this budget that portend the sort of cutting of spending and the shrinking of government that many Americans have longed for. Well, it's a, a big document. It, it really tackles the spending as a whole, and it really goes into detail into all of the different reforms that are going to be necessary to actually balance the budget. It's the only balanced budget that's out there that's been produced. And uh, we balance under 10 years. Right now, this one is seven. But, you know, it really highlights the problem that we're facing when all of this spending that the Biden administration has pushed through over the past two years, uh, the inflation that's resulted has really increased the amount that the interest on the national debt takes up 
as a percentage of our overall budget. And so it's squeezing all these other areas of the budget and making sure that we get inflation under control has got to be part of passing this balanced budget because only through curbing inflation will we be able to uh, ultimately balance the budget in a reasonable period of time. Yeah, such an important thing. And you're right, debt service is just taking up all of the discretionary spending. It just keeps eating up that whole exactly what you were warning about a year or so ago. And now now we're seeing the reality of it. There was a moment in December, a lot of people didn't pick up on this. We did here at Justin News, wrote a big story about it. But the Biden administration, using its executive authority through the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp, bailed out all of these union pensions that had been suffering as a result of inflation and the sour economy. Just huge amounts of dollars going to bail out pension fund managers, particularly labor pension funds. This is a long-term problem because pensions seem to be in a tough position but there seems to be a constant forgiveness of bad pension management, particularly by these unions. Anything Congress can do to address that? Well, absolutely. And we called it out at the time when this American Rescue Plan was being passed. We uh, attacked it for what it was, a bailout for blue states that mismanaged their state pension funds, their union pension funds, and essentially were passing the bill onto the American taxpayer. And uh, ultimately, that's what's happened. And so uh, we do need to rein in uh, the types of abuses that resulted in these pension plans uh, being underwater, uh, the same types of fiscal responsibility that needs to be happen uh, in the federal government needs to happen with these state-level pension plans as well. And, and so there will be an effort by Virginia Fox and the Education Labor Committee uh, and leadership as well to, to tackle that in addition to just the, the reforms that we're going to be undertaking, uh, the block granting that we can do to try and remove some of the micromanagement from Washington, from the bureaucracy. I'm going to introduce two bills this week uh, tack- tackling the regulation abuse that goes on in our agencies, uh, making sure they take into account small businesses when they're promulgating these regulations and making sure that the heads of these agencies are signing off on these regulations instead of the junior level bureaucrats that uh, are, are just writing them without any accountability at all. Yeah, so remarkable. It really is. The president went to the border this weekend and didn't meet with the Border Patrol agents, the people trying to keep our country safe. In fact, he really didn't go to the border. He went to a border town, didn't meet with the residents of El Paso who've been overrun by his policies or the border agents. Uh, missed opportunity, obviously. What would you tell the president about what he needs to do to start to address the border? Well, he needs to stay down there until he actually gets to see for himself the horrors that are happening at the border when it comes to uh, the the drugs that are being trafficked, the human trafficking that's occurring, uh, the uh, abuse that's occurring to children, to women. Uh, it, it is a, a tragedy of, of immense proportions. I, I'm glad the political pressure has gotten so intense that he actually had to check the box to actually say, well, I've been near the border. Uh, that's more than his border czar had been able to do for uh, for many months. But now we really do need to take that take that trip and actually turn it into action. Uh, I would love to see more reforms when it comes to our asylum laws. You know, 
the administration actually had a, a glimmer of some recognition when they said, instead of making the journey, we want you to be able to have your asylum claim adjudicated uh, back in your home country. Now, that's the type of reform that I think you could get some agreement to try and uh, open up embassies to receiving these types of requests for asylum, but then also reforming our asylum laws because, you know, America is the richest country in the world. Trying to get to America simply to have a better life is not grounds for asylum. And so we need to firm up those asylum laws to prevent the type of uh, uncertainty about those types of claims uh, to prevent the type of journey that's occurring. And maybe if it happens from uh, the, the, the country of origin, you might be able to keep them from making that journey in the first place. Yeah, such a great thing. Literally deterring it at the outset is what we need. There's a extraordinary two committees that are going to be formed, special select committees, one on the origins of COVID and everything that the COVID response and the other on the weaponization of federal government. These are unique. They've never been done something like this before. How important are they for accountability and transparency for the American public? So important on both counts. You know, we've on the Appropriations Committee, we've had Anthony Fauci in. I I quizzed him about gain of function research. Uh, his attitude was deny, deny, deny. And now he's trying to retire and ride off into the sunset. We are not going to let him do that. We're going to hold him accountable and all those accountable who have been lying to Congress and lying to the American people about the origins of this disease, about the effectiveness of the vaccines. Uh, you know, and and the dangers that uh, that may or may not accompany them. So uh, the truth is going to come out, whether it's you know, and and it's going to come out in both the COVID, the hearings about the origins of COVID from this new select committee, but also uh, in the investigation into the abuses in our intelligence agency, the politicization of our intelligence, and uh, all the way from the Russia hoax through the Mueller investigation up to. Um, you know, how uh, this capital is secured uh, or what decisions Nancy Pelosi was making uh, prior to January 6th. You know, we're also going to have a select committee on China and uh, recognizing China as the adversary that it is and making sure that we across the board, whether it's national security, trade, tax, all across the board, health, uh, recognize the dangers that China presents around the globe and respond in a comprehensive manner. Excellent. That's the sort of thing that people have been asking for, and they're going to get it for the first time, a China-proof economy and an FBI facing accountability and some real honesty about what China actually did with the COVID virus and what also we failed to do right in the COVID response. Those are three big wins for the American taxpayer. Last question for you. When you step back and you look at this incredible budget plan you put together, because it really is a thoughtful budget plan. I really haven't seen anything like it since the 1990s when Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton were able to come together and create a balanced budget, actually a surplus. What sort of reshaping of government over the next few years, if Republicans can get to all three chambers, you know, control the House, the Senate, and the White House, what sort of reshaping of government will we ultimately have under this plan? I mean, it's a pretty robust vision of how to shrink government and send the money back to the states. But what do you think is the top line reshaping that people will see if you achieve your budget? Right now, what you see is that uh, about three quarters of the budget is on autopilot. And those are the mandatory spending that 
a lot of people depend on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. We want to make sure that those programs continue to uh, provide the type of security that uh, they are currently providing for current generations, uh, but making sure that they're also going to be around for generations like my children, my 10-year-old children, who um, won't see it at all because under current scenarios, they're going to be insolvent in less than a decade. So making sure that we make the reforms that are necessary, but also to that 25% of the budget that is discretionary, making sure you get the biggest bang for your buck for those core functions of government, making sure that uh, instead of the federal government doing everything, uh, if it has to be done by government, that it's done by the states or by the local governments through block grants. If it does not have to be done by government, then it shouldn't be done by government. If it can be done by the private sector, then it should be done by the private sector. And so privatizing a lot of functions, uh, making sure that those institutions that have traditionally played a role um, in, in uh, local communities, community groups, those are the types of entities that we want to empower. And so that's what uh, this budget makes some big, bold proposals. Uh, but uh, we, we are in the business of making those proposals, and I'm excited that we're going to be bringing it to the American people and putting it on the floor for a vote this year. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans are excited that that's about to happen. It's a very momentous moment in American history. Congressman, we're real excited. You've got one of the most important jobs in Congress now, shepherding the spending and reshaping of federal government under Republican control. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that. Can't wait to get you back on the show again. John, always glad to be with you. Great honor to have you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home 
and it's title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge a signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's hard to believe, but that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. I'm really grateful that each of you could join today. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Justin News? And the answer is we sure do. And not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store. It's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP club? First off, ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. An ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7. Plus, once a month, you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, $44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right. Have a great night. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.